I'm your host, Stephen Gutteridge, and welcome to Mid-South Moments. We welcome back Phil Stigall and Terry Canova, and a bit of deja vu. How are you doing today, Phil? Doing well, doing well. Any can't believe we got the... From when I lost last year? No, back. not much. About <laughs> the, weather's about the weather's the same, temp's about the same. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm pleased to I'm pleased to report it's I'm I'm recording this at 8:02 British summertime and it's light outside. So we're we're getting there. It's summer summertime. We're getting the there. We're getting there. Um, how are you doing today, Terry? W- wonderful. It's nice that the world is opening back up. You know, I had a chance to go on a little mini vacation to Universal Studios in Orlando. Uh, I had a chance to visit a casino and actually play blackjack for the first time in about 14 15 months so uh we're wearing masks we're being safe we're doing all those things but we're actually getting to do some things that we haven't done in a long long time so it's yeah. that's good good news good we news. got some um, we've got some events coming up uh with uh because we again we, we barely had any events of any like sports or anything we got some test events with uh with crowds coming up actually there was one today actually um so yeah fingers crossed i might get to see some football or cricket over the summer so we'll keep uh keep our fingers crossed that and um, actually just one question on the universal was the bar at universal i don't know if you went in there where it was like a um like a karaoke thing but with a live band i don't know if that's that's going on at the moment but we went i went there with my wife in 2017 and she 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 signed up for to sing and she's not about she's quite a good singer actually but i think the nerves got to her because we left before it was her turn because she was quite oh. but it was it was like this we walked in there and it was like absolutely ran massive place and then like i think there's a sign saying karaoke and you think oh this is going to be rubbish I think the guy went up there and did maybe Enter Sandman with a live band. It was incredible. And everyone that went up there was really, really good. But I don't know if that, wow. is that still there. Yeah, I don't know if that's still there. You know, I'm not sure. We had we had the children with us, so so we yeah, didn't do any that. of the yeah, we didn't do any of the nightlife stuff there. Uh but I, I, I do remember as we were exiting, uh them having a big sign about live music or karaoke or yeah, dancing, it must be that something. Said, yeah. Yeah, so so I'm I'm not sure, uh, but uh it, you know, it was limited capacity, but mm. we still waited, you know, over an hour sometime for rides and yeah. things like that. So it's it's booming again, for sure. Yeah, I love Universal. There was a really good as NBC Sports Bar and Grill there with about 15 yes. million TV screens that I managed to convince her. And luckily for me, she re- I think there was at least two things on the menu she really liked. So I think we went there two days because we stayed <laughs> in Universal for a week after... What WrestleMania was it? WrestleMania 33, which was in Orlando, um, which was good. Then and drove yeah. down to Miami. But I, lo- I absolutely love that. I love you. We both, we, we've got some good theme parks in the UK, actually, like Alton Towers and Thorpe Park are quite good. But the, but this experience going in the States, like to Disney or Universe, especially, is like, it's just marvelous. And like having another drink and stuff in there is also super cool as well. So yeah, really yeah. good fun. Yeah. So we're, we're going on now to the April 27th, 1985 episode of Mid-South Wrestling. Um, and we've got Boyd Pierce and Bill Watts is back at the desk for this one. And Boyd's flashy suits appear to be a thing of the past as he's also decked out in a Mid-South blazer now, albeit Watts doesn't have one on. Um, so he's not appearing to tow his own company line here. Um, mm-hmm. We've got Hacksaw Jim Duggan versus Tommy Pritchard in the TV title tournament. Kamalo is in action. And we've got Jake Roberts team with the Barbarian plus Brickhouse Brown. Terry Terry Daniels versus the Nightmare, Superstar Bill Dundee versus Jack Victory, and the North American champion Terry Taylor will be here. Um, So interestingly, Bill Watts then talks about the April 16th show in downtown New Orleans, and they had a very unusual match, just like old times, a Ugandan death match. And in this, Kamala challenged Taylor for the North American titles. 
the rules were such that fools didn't count. It was when, this is, I'm quoting this, it was when one man left the whole barricaded area and they could fight anywhere they want. So I didn't really understand what the rules were, but regardless, what said people didn't, uh, people underestimate Terry Taylor. And he talks about his career highlights and said he's got wiser in the beatings he's taken. Um, he's eliminated Friday and Taylor said that if Akbar interfered in this match, he would have a secret weapon and that weapon was tied to friendship. So I always enjoy when they did they do this and they haven't done this for a long time. And we cut to action from the municipal auditorium with Taylor up against Kamala and Watts commentary over the top. And Watts explained that the match goes on until one man leaves the barricaded area. Um, but I didn't understand. I, I don't know if you got this and perhaps you've seen this match. I actually, Terry, you might have been there for this actually. But did this mean that it was escape to win or escape because you'd had enough and you, you lost. <laughs> I, you know, I may have been there. I yeah. don't recall, <laughs> but yeah, I, I thought that uh, the rules of that match was a little odd myself. I, yeah. I always, I always thought, you know, the cage matches where whoever escaped one was a little odd, I hate it, uh, yeah. you know, because the idea is you want to fight to the death. Yeah, but yet right. now you're going to re re reward the coward for, for running out of the cage. Uh, I, it's the same with this one. I thought that the stipulations were kind of odd. It was almost like, okay, you know, whoever has enough and runs back to the locker room, that's the end of it. Yes, that's I, why I wonder, because I know that the, the cage thing is a very much a WWF-ism, isn't it, in terms of escape the cage through the door over the top, whereas the, N the NWA and Territories cages were fight to the finish, pin for submission, and that was it in the cage, wasn't it, typically? Um, typically, so I wonder, yes. Yeah, I wondered yes. if it was kind of a, if you walk away, you're you're done and you, and you, and you quit. Do you, do you have any memories of these sort of matches, Phil, in terms of the, the steps here? Well, I've got um, several notes on this. And before I cover that, yeah, on the cage matches, to me, the best ones were, it's, you're going to go till a pinfall or a submission. Yeah. The cage is to keep somebody from interfering or somebody from running away. You couldn't leave and run away. You couldn't get, you couldn't get Ric Flair could not get a disqualified for throwing somebody over the top rope or mm -hmm. being counted outside the ring. He had to stay in the ring and either win or get pinned. Yep. Um, when I got to seeing the matches where it was even somewhere, just who could walk over to the door. And yeah. they let you out the door. Some were crawling over the top to escape, which, yeah, okay. So that means you got to beat your guy down long, hard enough to, or you can get out, but still, why don't you just pin him? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, why don't you just pin him? So those cage matches didn't make sense to me. Um, when I heard them describe the rules to this one, I took it to mean if you left, you lost. Yeah. 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 To me, yeah. that's kind of what I took it. I don't remember any other matches having that kind of stipulation mm. other than something similar like an I quit match or something. Now, my first note on this was, um, how is it a gun to death match? Any type of an advantage? Here's what I'm saying. When you had specialty matches like a chain match or a bull rope match, or even a Texas death match, usually one of the opponents had a reputation of being in many of those. Yeah. They yeah. had a lot of experience in it. And so maybe he's got an advantage over the under guy, other guy because of that, because he's been in so many of them. Well, now we're hearing this Ugandan death match is, you know, the, the guy that leaves loses or vice versa. It doesn't matter. Where in the world did 
this wild man from the <laughs> sedan ever did they have some rings and barricades set up in the jungle well, where he got to yeah. practice this a lot does it doesn't face character it, it, yeah. it doesn't how's right. this a ugandan death match it makes no sense to me I never heard of it before or after and i was like you know i'm used to a a dusty roads and a bull rope match having an advantage over somebody mm. you know but this no don't get it yeah nice. exactly exactly wahoo mcdaniel in an indian strap match you know, you, you know yeah it, it absolutely made no sense uh, it's like whoever can run scared and get away the first wins. It just it, it didn't didn't fit. Well, this is it. And uh, uh, th- what, what we saw of this didn't make a lot of sense either, really. Kamala went to the basically Kamala struck the ref while he was in a sleeper and Akbar interfered with the, with a shot with um, what's what's he what is his thing he carries? Is it like a little cane? It's, it's almost like a cross between a cane and like a seven iron or something. The thing that Scandal's got. It, it's like a little riding crop. Riding crop. Riding crop. I a horse with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Kamala went to the top to try and finish Taylor with the splash, but Hacksaw Jim Duggan ran from the crowd. And, and you could see the crowd just absolutely erupted for Duggan. Um, he smashed Kamala with a particularly long plank of wood here um, and chased them both off. And this left Taylor in the ring. The crowd was elated. And then and then Watts said he thought he thought Taylor was certainly the victor as he'd had Kamala in the sleeper. So uh, it, it, it wasn't one way or the other in terms of the kind of barricades. So we still don't know what the actual rules were. And um, Terry, about uh, my question was Terry first. Were you at this show? Um, what did you make of this? But I guess you probably can't can't recall this particular municipal auditorium night from '85. No, no, I, I don't remember it spe- specifically. I, if, if I knew who else was on the card that night, it might piece better. Uh, but but what I, what I will say about this is, it's a perfect example. If you watch this video, you know. So often we hear, uh, you know, internet critics, and we're, we're the three of us are that as well, obviously. But you hear internet critics say, you know, this person, that match wasn't any good or whatever. Even as dumb as that stipulation was, even as silly as the finish was, when they raised his hand, the crowd went, oh, yeah, ate shit. You yes. know, it, it just the crowd popped. And that's yeah. what people that's what people today don't understand. You know, when you watch a Hacksaw Duggan match today or a Junkyard Dog match today, no, they don't do the moves and, and, and do the things that, you know, Eddie Guerrero or some of the some of the, the greats did. But those guys had so much charisma and the fans mm. suspended disbelief that. When when they had their hands raised, it meant something. Yeah. And and it, it didn't matter how stupid the finish was. It didn't matter if it was a dusty finish or a swerve or whatever. If they got if if the good guy got his hand raised, the crowd popped. And yeah. that's what people I think don't understand these days when they watch 80s wrestling. Things yeah, I completely agree. The most important thing is that it, the crowd likes it. Now, sometimes there'll be things that are so niche. Like I remember watching a thing on a, um, a PWG show where they did, the crowd was singing, um, I believe I can fly. And I think the guys in the ring were doing like a slow motion spot. Uh-huh. So they were all wrestling in slow motion, which, which, you know, if you really thought about that, it's ridiculous. But for that, and, and that, for that particular crowd in that moment, that worked, but that would never be something you would, that would work mainstream. 
But for mainstream audiences, the most important thing is the crowd, you know, for, for this promotion, which is, you know, it's, you know, this was, this was seen by a lot of people. This was on TBS at the time. You know, this was, uh, yeah, TBS Superstation at the time. So lots of people were watching this show on a weekly basis. So it has to be something that works for the crowd. Interestingly, we talked about WrestleMania last on the last week's show. The thing I think the crowd reacted the most for was the, the rapper Bad Bunny that I'd never heard of before and probably never will since. The crowd went mad for this guy. So obviously that was the thing that, whereas the WWE title match was a very solidly wrestled match, but the crowd didn't react that big for it because it wasn't, and this is the thing, I've heard lots of people talk about this and I think, um, I'm trying to think of the promoter who, maybe it's Paul Bosch actually, um, he wouldn't. He, I've heard Dave Meltz talk about this a lot in terms of if the crowd was down on a particular night in Houston, he it wouldn't be the promoter Paul Bosch wouldn't be like, well, actually, uh, you know, there was a, you know, the circus was in town, or we had a weather storm, bad weather, or this or that or the other. There was a big, you know, big accident on the freeway, and that, that stopped the walk up. He'd basically say the reason we didn't have a very good crowd tonight is because they didn't, they weren't, they weren't interested in what we were giving them. And actually, I, I'm a believer. If the crowd is not buying what you're selling, it's it's not their fault. It's not a difficult crowd. It's because you've not presented them with something they want to see. And that is, you know, right. that can be that can be 400 high spots, and they 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 you know everyone no sells like a triple death Canadian destroyer, or it can be like really mm-hmm. solid, you know, New Japan style, uh, you know, hard hitting heavyweight style or whatever, and everything in between really. So yeah, it's all about the crowd reacting to it in that time. What what did you think of this um this this presentation from the from the from the from the live event um Phil in terms of how they did this? Oh. It was a tremendous match, obviously. And one of my notes is what you two guys already covered. The crowd at about the five minute mark, if you want to go back and watch, goes absolutely insane Mm. at the end of this match. And it goes on. They show it for about 15 seconds. Mm. People jumping up and down, uh, people beating the side of the barricade, uh, just totally euphoric over this match, which that happened a lot back in the day. These were over. These were these were megastars. This is what being over looks like. Um, yep. just, just phenomenal. What puts over how tough Kamala was in taking the shot from the board? And then we cut backstage to a furious Akbar. He said that Duggan was going to pay and pay and pay. And Duggan spoiled it. And he needs to understand how it's going to be from now on. And no one makes a fool of the general. He promises him that something bad is going to happen to Duggan. I really like this. And this is, this is a promo backstage at the Municipal Auditorium again. So it was great seeing something in a different location than the usual um, TV setting. Uh, what did you make of this follow-up promo here, Phil? Oh, um, Skandar was always good at uh, getting people riled out. And then, of course, uh, Watts uh, holds that up, saying you better take you know Akbar serious um yeah akbar also took a really good whack with that board yeah um in the match and i I made a note to comment on this later there's previous two episodes and this one i think watts is uh putting a bigger increase or 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 shining a light on increased violence yeah like even terry taylor hurting somebody outside the ring and this, and I think there's a reason for that. We'll get that to that in a minute. But there's a couple other instances where he's really um, uh, putting a spotlight on how violent it's become. And and in that match, you can go back and look. They both took a pretty good whack with that board. Yeah, no, definitely. What did you make of this follow-up promo here, Terry? 
Yeah, same here. You know, I was a promo guy. For for me, it was about you tell me why I need to go to the arena. And uh, and and Agbar was so good. Uh, Agbar, you know, he he goes down as one of my favorite all time managers at the time. I hated his guts, but, but looking back in hindsight, I mean, he was just good. I mean, he, and he, he was good at what he did. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I love the, I love the promos as much as I did the matches. I thought he was really strong here and he, he just doesn't miss, miss a beat at all. And I, and I really like the fact that Watts puts over Kamala and also is like, you've got to take Skandar seriously. It's not like the babyface announcer trying to like make a joke out of it or like, you know, you just lost or anything like that. He's like playing this deadly seriously. You guys need to be worried about what these, what these people are bringing, which is, which is really, really good. Um, first up in the TV title tournament this week was Duggan versus Pritchard. And what said, I didn't, I didn't get this. What said this was a semi-final and the winner will wrestle Dr. Steve Williams in two weeks. But I think he, I, I don't think he got this right. Cause we talk about another match later on. And dirty Dutch Mantel was shown on the outside looking on. Uh, and what's mentioned that Ted DiBiase would be on the show later on coming back from a forced 30 day leave of absence. It actually, it was just a video package later on. And um, he actually spent that on an all Japan pro wrestling tour. Uh, Pritchard walked off at 90 seconds and bizarrely, it was just counted out and Duggan was awarded the match. And I was really looking forward to this one because I've really liked Tommy Pritchard so far. And um, obviously Duggan's always good, um, but that was it. So yeah, just a 90 second walk off um, count out loss. I guess they didn't want to beat Pritchard. Um, any thoughts on this one, Terry? Well, Pritchard definitely doesn't want to uh, doesn't want to get in a Ugandan death match because uh, walking yeah. <laughs> away like that would uh, would be a sure loss. But, yeah, uh, yeah, it was it's a little bit of an odd finish, uh, you know. And and I, I don't know, maybe they're trying to play, you know, formulate a character for for Tom Pritchard. Maybe mm. maybe that's kind of be part of it. But uh, I thought it was interesting. But uh, love hacksaw and 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 I, and I did like Tom Pritchard. Yeah, what did you think of this, Phil? Yeah, again, uh, I'd finish, uh, but something different. So yeah. it was interesting at the time. It, it made it a little bit more interesting. And obviously, after he pile-drived Horner, now they're um, they're trying to help him turn, you know. Uh, so if they're trying to turn him for a heel, that means they want to use him as a heel, and losing to Duggan is not going to help. Getting yeah. pinned by Duggan or, or taking the spear and getting pinned. So he they avoided – losing some heat there good point uh, on, yeah yeah this is one of those ones oh, where they sorry go ahead phil go ahead oh i was gonna say on on the dutch character here the dutch mantel character that that is his uh physical appearance there it's not an act no lots of people still to this day that look and act and dress just like that he's mm. that that mustache that jacket that hat that big he's obviously got a big chaw tobacco in his mouth and <laughs> um drinks a lot of beer you know and when i say <laughs> when i say drink a lot of beer i don't mean a couple of englishmen having some really fine ale <laughs> right having a pint or two uh, of good stuff at the watching at the pub watching the uh football match right uh <laughs> he's drinking the cheapest stuff there is right um but i had relatives i had in-laws former brother-in-laws looked exactly like dutch mantel <laughs> and acted exactly like dutch mantel we got a family friend right now who looks exactly you know not facial features but that beard that mustache that hat 
they still wear that to this day. Wow. That is that is typical of my town. What, what I was gonna, well, that's that's great, great background there, Phil. And what I was gonna say about this match, I, I felt like it was almost like they booked, they booked themselves. They they wanted to do the turn in the tournament for maximum impact, but they booked themselves into a position where you've got a match and we haven't got we haven't got a finish here. We can't beat Pritchard, um, and we don't want Pritchard to beat Duggan, which I guess would have been the other way. You could have done that maybe, um, but then I suppose Duggan's probably too valuable to do jobs in any circumstance on television. So you got this kind of weird situation, but. It's interesting, they must have seen something in Pritchard. Um, and I don't know what the circumstances were behind this, but Pritchard had done two main events in Pacific Northwest Wrestling with Ric Flair for the NWA World title in October 84. So clearly, while this guy was you know, very young then, a young man still, there was some there must have been some buzz about him to be top of the card, um, you know, a couple of events, a couple of events back in Oregon then. So yeah, clearly Watt saw something in him. And and after the break... Oh, sorry. Then, very exciting. We got new graphics going into the break, which is the sort of stuff I'm re- always really excited by. Um, the Mid-South logo on the left-hand side, a blue background yep. covering most of the screen with some white stars. So very sort of patriotic. And on the right-hand side, a screen showing what had just happened next. Uh, but a slight angle and with writing on the bottom stating we were getting Kamala versus Thor up next. Um, what did you think of this new kind of new flashy graphics? Because we had picture-in-picture last week. And now new graphics. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now because I always watch along as we do this. Mm. And very colorful graphic, uh, more up, more techno- technologically advanced, showing the replay while putting the the up what's coming up next. It, yeah, yeah. it had a good appearance to it. Yeah, I thought they're obviously so improving. Yeah. What did you think, Terry? Well, you know, my I, I can't fake my gimmick. I'm 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 the uh, the underachiever of the group. I didn't even notice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know here, what? Here, here, here. Take a look at this. Let me hold on. Can you see that? Yeah, there we go. Yes. That's it. There. Yeah. Uh, yes. 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 <laughs> so that's it. That was it. Yeah. Do you that know was what? something new. I've got a dark confession for you both. Actually, um, while I was was uh, looking around on YouTube the other day. I was really interested in when they stopped doing television tapings at, the, at this place. Um, and they went to Tulsa, I believe, next and did a lot of their tapings. And I watched probably about 90 seconds of a, of a show from 86 and they moved locations. And I actually thought, and I don't, this could have been just the video of this particular week on YouTube. It's like someone's old VHS that they'd recorded you know, 40 episodes of Dynasty on and then they recorded Mid-South and uploaded it onto YouTube. But I thought the production was worse, actually, in 86. I don't know if you've got any... Obviously, we're skipping way ahead, but I don't know if you've got any memories of that, but I thought the arena didn't look as good on television that they were in as, as this did, actually. Oh, send it to me. If you, if you send in... Tweet out what the episode was. Yeah, I'll, take I'll, a look, I'll but... have a look. I, I remember it was... Um, it was Jim and Joel, Jim Ross and Joel Watts were presenting it and they were kind of, it was sort of filmed so that their back was to the crowd, almost like a sort of nitro commentary position. Um, but yeah, I'll send that over to you. Do you have any memories of that at all, um, Terry, in terms of, well, you know? It, it, it sounds like UWF is what you're talking about. Yeah, and it was yeah, it switched yeah, to UWF yeah, yeah, yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I do remember, and, and I think sometimes we all enjoy the most the 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 era that we started yeah and so 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 you know for me i'm always partial to the irish mcneil boys club and watching that or the black dark grainy footage from the arena yeah those are the 
those are the two things that I like more than anything else. Because even the UWF that you're referring to, even though we had great stars and great action, because it was given to us in a different format, it doesn't hold up as well to me as the Irish McNeil stuff did. Mm, and I think it's just yeah. because it's just because that's what I started. You know, yeah. either either I watched it on TV on in Irish McNeil, or I saw it at the arena with the one light above the ring and and no commentary. Yeah, you know yeah. those those are my two favorites. Everything else is is you know is is a distant second for me. Yeah, that's that's understandable, definitely. Um, so after the break, Pritchard was at the desk, and Watts said he paid a tremendous price to get that far in the tournament, even turning his back on an old friend. He said he may have, so Pritchard said he may have been born at night, but it wasn't last night. Is always a good line. And Pritchard sporting a new beard, uh, which presumably was to cement his new heel persona. Then went on to say that anytime you step in the ring with Doug and you have to watch yourself, he says he isn't as stupid as he looks and he's going to pick his spots in Mid-South. Every time he's seen Duggan, he's caused a lot of damage. And Pritchard says he's learned it doesn't take just brawn, it takes brains as well. Watts ended this by saying this was Pritchard's answer to an unusual situation. And while what he was saying, um, you know, I kind of got this. Um, I think he stumbled maybe once, but I thought he delivered this pretty well. What did you think of this promo, Phil? Yeah, he can't, you know, he stumbled a little bit on his words there a little bit, but he sounded believable. He, yeah. He's obviously getting, he's getting a, uh, he's coming along, feeling better, uh, uh, improving his craft on the promos. He's doing good. Yeah, definitely. What do you think of this, Terry? Same, same. You know, he, he's, he's a new guy. He's a young guy. He's, uh, you know, just getting better and better. You know, he's, he's a good hand and, uh, you know, everywhere he went from, from this point forward, like you mentioned, I didn't even realize he had just had, just main evented Ric Flair in Portland, not, you know, right before that, um, you know, he, he's a good hand and, and he, he'll always be a good wrestler. And, and, you know, that's why he's still training people to this day. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I, yeah, I was, I'm really impressed. I'm, I'm, looking, I'm really excited about seeing some more of him. Um, so we had Kamala versus Thor up next, and Thor tried a few running body blocks early, which Kamala no-sold before he went on offense. Uh, what's called Kamala awesome and talked about DiBiase being back imminently. Um, after a Kamala kick, Watts put over how tough the bottom of Kamala's feet were and said he could walk across gravel with no reaction and compares his skin to being tusk-like. Um, did either of you... Um, did either of you hear what the crowd were chanting during this? No, all? I don't remember. I don't remember. Did you hear it at all, Terry? No, no, I, I didn't. I couldn't I'm make just, it out I'm laughing because I, I remember when I wrote this, I thought it can't have been this, but it sounded like they were chanting horny, 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 but it can't have been. So I don't know what they're... And it wouldn't, it, I wouldn't have thought it could be corny because obviously Cornette wasn't there when he wasn't a baby face. So I'm like... I just, uh, if I could get in my time machine sometimes and just, just can't try and find out what some of these these chants were. But there we go. And Kamala won in just over two minutes with his big splash. Um, and Thor, as we talked about last week, the world's best looking and best shape uh, enhancement talent continues his losing record. And um, Terry, what did you think of this uh, Kamala versus Thor match? It's, it's the same. I, you know, I, I was still trying to figure out who who the Thor guy was and why why was he why was he constantly getting beat yeah because because you're right he's a good looking cat looked like a uh early steve austin and uh you know just i guess they just needed somebody to take you know take that fall somebody that looked yep. good Absolutely. you know somebody that looked good to take that fall and, and thor you know happened to be the guy for it phil what did you think of this one well no, first of all i disagree with you Stephen. respectfully of course i'll go on that uh, <laughs> the 
that that Kamala was no selling the uh, the shoulder blocks. I think that was just probably part of his character. I'm too big. I'm too tough. Oh to no! Yeah, down. absolutely. No selling it. Yeah, I'm completely with you. No selling in the sense of this. Yeah, in in, in the right way, not the not the wrong way. Kind of okay. Thing. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Hey, tell you what, this it, there's been times where Kamala does something that you watch. He said, "How can that guy that big do that?" And he, um, after those blocks, and he gets him up against the ropes, and he comes off. Kamala does a spinning reverse heel kick up to the chin of the yeah. six foot eight dude. So he behind the back spins with the opposite foot and kicks him right in the chin. <laughs> the guy's six foot eight. Yeah. Phenomenal. Really, now really the, phenomenal. The, the, the splash though at the end was not anywhere near as good uh, as the previous week. So when he does it, it, it it's kind of obvious that, the knees take most of the pressure. So on this week's Kamala squashometer, it's about a six. <laughs> Brilliant. That's down slightly from last week. So this next bit is so important. Again, I'm actually going to play the clip over the air um, as I won't do the recap, Justin. I think these things have kind of got to be heard because they're so sort of important historically. So there's a couple of minutes here. This is Bill Watts first and also um, Hacksaw Butch Reed thereafter. And this is Butch Reed... Butchery. This is Bill Watts again talking about what was going on in pro wrestling in April of 1985. And this talks about the very question of what, as whether wrestling itself was real. So I'm just going to play this for a couple of minutes and then obviously we'll, we'll kind of go over and I'll get your opinions on what Mr. Watts has said here. So this is going to work you seamlessly. Know, boy, there's been a lot of controversy in the king of sports lately. What with New York and Titan Sports and the Big Apple and they're all their wrestling on TNT and their rock and wrestling connection and their Hollywood making instant superstar wrestlers out of Hollywood movie actors and then the 2020 thing where three uh, never has beens were asked their impression of wrestling and and gave a really biased completely misleading concept of it a lot of people come to me and said Bill is wrestling really real well, let me tell you something when people come and wrestle you don't see them swelling and pain take time when the pro football players play the game while the body is hot and they're still moving, they could be badly injured on that field. It doesn't show up till the next day when they have to report to that training room. And it's sometimes it's Thursday before the pains run out and they can go again. Recently, Butch Reed was wrestling. And about an hour after that match, we got an interview with him in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And you want to see up close just what the effects of a brutal match that Butch Reed had. Let's watch as Jim Ross talks to him. That's right. And I want to show everybody out there the living proof is right here. Yes, I just got through with a grueling match. One of the toughest matches I've ever been in before in my professional wrestling career. And I work hard for my money. I take my lumps and bruises just like anybody else. I ask no quota, I give no quota, you know. And anybody, anybody out there on the face of God's green earth that doesn't believe in professional wrestling, well, just step on in here with Hacksaw Butch Reed and let's relieve all your skepticism and leave it all behind. I don't think there's anybody in the world that knows Butch Reed that doesn't know he's a real athlete and a double tough competitor. And look what happened to him. He's not one of these Hollywood actors. And he's not an overweight pachyderm from Titan Sports. He's an athlete. Let's go to the ring and watch Barbarian and Jake the Snake, another couple of great athletes that compete here in the Mid-South area. I mean, 
I just it's just incredible. I, I'm I'm I mean I, I just want more of these because it's just it's like watching history. I mean, to give a bit of context to the Butch Reed element, he had you know a massive swollen eye that was completely closed with a couple of kind of those small plasters that you get over over kind of eye injuries. Um this is Watts. I mean, Watts is on the attack here. He's, he's kind of fighting for his life. And um, Phil, what did you think of this uh this promo again from um from Watts about the kind of state of the industry in April 85? Uh, absolutely in a, in a fight for his business life. And it yeah. is watched that how he really feels after years of ignoring any other promotion other than someone, he might have a talent relationship look like they'd bring in Kerry Von Eric frequently from WCCW or, but absolutely making a point of nobody mentioning anything going on in New York city. Now, a couple of times he just calls them out to the carpet and, and that emotion you're getting from Bill Watts, he really feels that way. Yeah, yeah, big time. What did you think of this, uh, this Terry, in terms of Watts here? Yeah, you, you know, Watts, Watts was always, you know, we talk about this every week with, with him. He, he's great for filling in the spaces uh, and getting his point across. And, and right now, that's what he's doing. He, he's, they, they're fighting for their lives, and he wants to show the difference in the product that we love and the product that they, sh- they have up there, you know, New York was the, was the cartoons. It was, it was, it was making these guys, you know, cartoonish and, and, and the whole deal. Whereas, you know, mid South and the NWA at the time was blood and guts, you know? So, yep. so what better way to project that than, than Watts giving his opinion and then showing B- Butch Reed with a, with yeah, a nasty, right. uh, nasty, gash on his head you know so right um and and hey it, it it worked for me because i'm telling you i absolutely hated when junkyard dog and duggan and dibiase and those guys i hated that stuff it wasn't mm. it, it wasn't until years later that i would actually watch it and i would go back and and and, and watch it later on but but i hated it because i wanted my mid-south style wrestling i wanted violence i wanted tough guys i wanted some blood you know and yeah so uh right so, so, and yeah. i think that i think that he's used i mentioned earlier about there's some increase in violence and i think he and like they're showing reed's eye there and stuff i think he's using that to counterattack the celebrity appeal and throwing all the celebrities on stage uh I think I think that's got a lot to do with it. You'll hear in the match coming up, he'll talk about guys that are getting injuries, and um, you know, even talks about prostate injuries. Or uh, you'll probably mention the other some of the things there that yeah, he mentions. Yeah. But um, so I think uh, Watts is using uh, accent on more violence to uh, combat what is going on in uh, New York with the celebrity appeal, the rise in the pop culture yeah. of you know, pop culture is bringing on uh, wrestling, but it is um, uh, to Watts not looking like it's real. And that's when he said, people ask me if it's real. He says, we'll take a look at Butch Reed and tell me this isn't real kind of thing. Um, I was just talking with Terry earlier what, about one, yeah, Phil, one of the Phil, th- t- t- Butch Reed makes it makes a comment. Fill us in on Butch Reed's comment on asking no quota, giving no quota. Yeah, he said, that's no quota, given no quota. Well, you've heard every one of these announcers, and every one of them, and some of the wrestlers say, 
he gives no quarter quarter and he asks none. And so I can remember years ago when the internet first came about, I like to look up sayings and phrases that I might not have gotten like a stitch in time saves nine or something like that. So where did this start? You know? Uh, so years ago I looked up, he, he, he gives no quarter and he asks none what the, what the meaning of that is. And, and Butch Reed, Butch Reed obviously botched it, but basically as a young child hearing them say that, I thought it meant, well, I'm not going to take it easy on you and you're not going to take it easy on me. Um, but looking it up, it's a military phrase, basically saying we're not taking any prisoners. Uh, even if you're surrendering, we may not let you live, but we're certainly not going to give you any quarters and, and we're not going to ask none from you. So that's basically, but Butch Reed just kind of messed that up real good right there. <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> Almost as bad as my internet that dropped out in the middle of that recap. So apologies, one and all. Uh, anything to add on that, Terry, before we, uh, before we move on? No, the, uh, the, the one point that I wanted to make, uh, Watts talked about making these uh, celebrities into movie stars. Uh, I mean, these movie stars into wrestlers. It's kind of ironic because you mentioned the bad bunny thing. And, mm -hmm. and you know, uh, Jim Cornette, you know, I listen to him online often. And and and, and Jim Cornette is is he, he was one of the greatest managers of all time. And I and, and I know we can all agree and disagree with some of his opinions, you know, these days because he's set in his ways and he's old school and I get it. Uh, and one of the comments he made uh, recently about this bad bunny thing. And, and I, and I sort of agree with it. Bad bunny put on a good show. Yeah. He put on, yeah. he put on a really good show. And, and as you mentioned, he, uh, the, the crowd was into it. the, the, the unfortunate thing for that, is and and as as Cornette mentions, is the, the wrestling promoters are trying to sell their wrestlers and sell the fact that these guys have trained for years and years and years, and when somebody like Bad Bunny comes in after training a month or whatever and puts on a show like he puts, it kind of discredits some of the some of the old timers it's like for christ's sake this dude you know accomplished this in a month you know why did why did it take you a 30-year wrestling career to get that good you know and so 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 I, again watts is old school and i totally get what he was saying with that you know it was the wwe was you know making these guys stars a little too quick yeah, and I yeah. think that's a really good point about um, about Bad Bunny and, and the whole sort of thing. I think the difference. So, okay, so Mr. T at the time, uh, talking talk specifically about WrestleMania One, played a tough guy on television, didn't he? I suppose is, is yes. the thing. Yes. Um, in terms yes. of his involvement in Rocky Three, which was what eighty three, a couple of years before this, and then the A Team. So he's obviously very famous at. So I guess in terms of believability, I think you can make the you could make the kind of you can make the leap there, I suppose, couldn't you? That, you know, this is a big guy. He looks apart, et cetera. So sure. I, I, I probably wouldn't have had too much. I don't think I'd have had necessarily too much of a problem with that. But I do I do get the opposite point of that. And I've been very against a lot of celebrity involvement over the years. Is that this is a wrestling show. And we want to see the wrestlers that we go and pay to see all year in prominent spots at WrestleMania. The Bad Bunny thing, he didn't really look like an athlete. Though I, I understand he's been a fan his whole life. He was kind of smaller guy, and if they put him in, a, in against two more prominent wrestlers, I would have had more of a problem with it. 
And you could make an argument that Morrison certainly should be pushed more than he's been since he's been back in the company. But Miz has been a joke for ages. And, and actually, what makes that worse is that they put the WWE title on him for a couple of a week or so, a few weeks ago, to yeah. get tra- yeah. the transition to, to Lashley. So I kind of, I can, I'm, I'm probably sitting, I've got, I've got, uh, got um, splinters in my rear end because I'm kind of sitting on the fence on it. Because I'm kind of both, I'm kind of a little bit both ways on it in the sense that I, I am anti the celebrity involvement. But the crowd got into it and Miz, you can't really do anything with. And I think if Morrison was ever going to be anything more than a kind of mid-card, lower mid-card heel now, he would have been, I think. And, and I don't think there's anything with him. So it's kind of horses for courses, I suppose. But yeah, my preference is do, do such a good job throughout the year with your wrestlers. That you don't, the celebrities are the wrestlers. You don't need people from the outside. And that's kind of my argument always. I don't. If I'm going to WrestleMania, I want I want to see the guy that I've been supporting. Yeah, and I, and I, I include part timers in that. People like Brock Lesnar and stuff. I love Lesnar for a long time. I've got no real, real, um, you know, kind of want or craving to see him come and smash someone in five minutes and then go away for six months and do it again because that person inevitably will be someone that's going to be sticking around. So um, yeah, and I guess actually in terms of back then, part timers wasn't really a thing, was it? In terms of someone coming in for a big show and then disappearing. It was like, you're either in or out, I suppose, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right, and the the to me, the point with non-wrestlers getting into the ring, and of course, my problem back then was with just celebrities that weren't that, not necessary athletes. Yeah. Mr. T was an incredibly physical specimen hmm. and 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 he had a lot of athletic skill whether it's on his tv show the a-team or like you said in rocky three uh but that was believable we could, well, we could and, set believe and Phil, i'm sorry Phil, and, and also don't you remember he, he was in like like these tough man contests as well right yes yes he did he did win some tough man contests we're going to bring that up here a little bit later with another wrestler but mm. um but for me to see jay leno get in the ring and tag team oh, with hulk yeah, hogan yeah. Yeah. you know that's just horrible it, yeah. it dec- decredits the the business yeah and all they wanted was that shot of i think he was in like a wrist lock or something they wanted that on all the papers and that and that they got that it's yeah like, you're this multi-time world champion i i do completely agree with that um so moving away from this, you know, ultra, ultra compelling um, promo again from Watts here. In ring, Jake Roberts and the Barbarian going up against Richard Dye and Paul Brown. Roberts smashed around Brown, even slapped him during the early beatdown here. And I thought Brown looked tiny in there next to the tall Roberts. And the Barbarian was tagged and he smashed poor Dye right in the face of the clothesline before dropping him with a press slam that actually made me wince. Watts said that the wrestlers sometimes had blood in their urine and had prostrate trouble. And the Barbarian caught Brown with a horribly stiff-looking clothesline in the face as well. And Roberts tagged in and stomped his face in. And this felt to me like Watts had said to the guys, Barbarian and Roberts, go and lay this in after this speech. Um, and the Barbarian got the win in 245 with the full Nelson while Roberts DDT die at the same time. Um, this certainly wasn't for the faint-hearted here. And Terry, what did you make of this match? I would have hated to be the person who got chose to be oh. in the ring after that speech with the barbarian, for goodness yeah. sake. I mean, I mean, I, I guess the only thing worse would have been somebody like uh, Buzz Sawyer, you know, because <laughs> poor guy, he just got he just got lit up. Yeah, it was that there was one close on in the face that was, I mean, crikey, just just really, really, really tough to watch. Yeah. What, what did you think yeah. of this? 
Oh yeah. They were both very aggressive, both of them. Uh, uh, and at the end they let them both get in their finisher. Um, yeah, they just let these guys go out and, and like I said, they pick it up a little bit, a little accelerating the, uh, violence and the aggressiveness a little bit. Yeah. Big time. So back to Watson, he said recently he was watching cable TV and he saw King Kong Bundy out of Madison Square Garden doing the five count gimmick. I don't think he said gimmick, but I think he was doing the five count thing or something. Um, even though they had that in Mid-South years ago, they then cut to a video from October 1983 when Steve Williams was a rookie going up against Bundy. And Williams won this with the Stampede Slams, the delight of the crowd in the Sam Houston Coliseum. Uh, back to Watts, he said then, uh, when they're talking about athletic ability, it's all about Mid-South. And as you saw, Bundy got stampeded by Dr. Death. I mean, just wow again. I mean, Watts is fully on the attack here to the point of actually showing his stars of today beating people who are currently being pushed in, in direct. And Bundy, I presume, was being pushed to the moon because I'm sure they, they already had Bundy and Hogan in for WrestleMania 2 in the works by this point. Um, Phil, what did you make of this, um, this, you know, this follow-up by Watts here? Oh, Again, the crowd goes crazy when when Dr. Death picks up Bundy, and it's just an amazing sight to see. But Bill Watts obviously had in mind that picking that video, he remembered it. He picked that one on purpose. He's, I'm showing you what our guys do, and we're slamming your guys. Yeah. You know, yeah. even your biggest man, we're taking him down. Yeah, big time. Terry, any thoughts on this? Yeah, they they were good at doing that. Finding finding old footage to um, to fit the agenda they were pushing mm. at the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. really interesting stuff. Brick, Brickhouse Brown next up gets the wrestler, and Brickhouse was enjoying quite the push in recent weeks. And this was Ted Oates under the mask, and he'd been a semi regular in the latter part of 1982 in Mid South under the name Terry. Sorry, Ted Allen. Do either of you remember this uh, this gentleman? Just, just, just vaguely. Just vaguely, yeah. Um, hey. Sorry, Phil, go ahead. No, I didn't have anything. Were you asking about? The masked wrestler, yeah, Ted Ted Allen um, was was his ring name in Mid South in in the latter part of eighty two. I think it was around for six okay. or eight weeks. Um, what said that whatever somebody's record was outside Mid South, that didn't matter because the only what mattered was what someone did when they got there. Uh, what said there's a rumor going around that Brickhouse got with a very famous individual prior to return to Mid South for his run, and he's been very closed mouth about it. So a little bit of. Uh, intrigued there about what Brickhouse has been doing and who's been training him and um, there's a few a few moments in this uh, probably a little bit of miscommunication but Brickhouse won in 222 with his flying headbutt what said that after the matches he always danced for his friend and you could tell he knew how to shake it um, Terry what did you think of this Brickhouse Brown win hey just still trying to push him to the moon yep just uh j- just really trying to trying to find somebody to 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 replace the JYD shine. I do think Brickhouse is a much better replacement than, than master G and, and, mm. and some of the, some of the others, uh, you know, that not quite the, the interview or the charisma, but, uh, but, but he can do it in the ring now. Yeah. I've always quite liked Brickhouse and stuff I've seen. Um, what, uh, any thoughts on this one, Phil? Yeah. Very athletic. There's one move where, he throws um, the wrestler into the ropes, and he comes off not not bending over much at all, almost at a full stand, and he leapfrogs right over him. 
It's just, just impressive uh, moves. And so he really electrifies the crowd. They really enjoy it. Yeah, very, very popular. And I, I, I thought it, I'd read out, I can't, can't look up, you know, get some of the gates and hitting stuff here. And typically, this is what was just working for live crowd attendance. But it certainly seems to be working on television. And um, the Nightmare versus Private Terry Daniels is up next. And Eddie Gilbert was guessing on commentary for this. And Eddie said, Everyone wants to know where he came from, but that's his mystery. So, talking about the Nightmare. He didn't know anything about wrestling before he met him. And while he rubbed his face in the mat to start off with, now the nightmare is great and the nightmare will take on all challenges. I thought Gilbert was pretty good on, on commentary here and quite entertaining, including a Dusty Rhodes impression at one point. Um, and this match went 257 with the nightmare winning by a pile driver. And um, Phil, any thoughts on Eddie Gilbert on commentary here and also this, uh, this short match? And unfortunately, Private Terry Daniels is, is very much in the enhancement talent role here after a short um, short push at the start now. But he's, uh, yeah, he's on the losing end pretty much every week now yeah gilbert gilbert does well he uh there's been plenty examples over the years at all the territories where they had a wrestler sit in to do the color commentary and it was just brutal hmm. um there's been some bad ones but uh he did really well yeah yeah i enjoyed him a lot and um, thoughts on this terry but yeah and you know gilbert if you listen to to other wrestlers on podcasts and shoot interviews you know, I think the consensus was Eddie Gilbert was was one of the best minds, yeah. young wrestling minds out there. And, and uh, you know, had his life not, you know, been cut as short as it was, he might somebody be still somebody in the forefront. Uh, but you can tell here that, uh, you know, he, he gets it. He, yeah. he, he gets he gets wrestling and and whether it's in the ring or outside the ring or commentating, he gets it. and He always does a good job. Yeah, Mick Foley was very complimentary about Eddie Gilbert in his first um, first book, which is probably the kind of the first time I ever really, I think I, I probably caught some Gilbert in late USWA, I think, um, because we, we had some of that around yeah. 1990. It was a bit out of date. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't, I, I, I wasn't super familiar with Eddie Gilbert, but yeah, he was very complimentary about him in that book. Um, Superstar Build Dundee versus Jack Victory up next. Um, Watt said this should be great and it will prove it's the size of the heart in the rest of that will count. Um, Watt said that in two weeks the Freebirds will be there. Plus, we have next week Brad Armstrong versus Jake Roberts in the TV title tournament with the winner going into the finals. Um, so that doesn't make sense because I thought Williams in the final. Uh, I guess Williams could be in the final already. So is that the other semi? So maybe I've, I've confused myself there. So perhaps. That will be Brad Armstrong or Jake Roberts versus Williams in the final, I believe. I haven't got, unfortunately, I've not got access to the cardboard brackets to, to hand. Um, Dundee locks in the sleeper and Victory's arm dropped three times to stoppage win in 2.31. Um, not a great deal to this. Any, any thoughts on this one, uh, Terry? Well, Phil, first of all, I mean, uh, I mean, Stephen, don't beat yourself up about that bracket because as a coach, I've uh, I've drawn up many, many brackets for many, many tournaments. But Bill Watts brackets always seem to be a little different than uh, than everybody else's. Uh, right. But no. Uh, you know, same with the, with, with, with the match. It, it was solid. It, it was what it was. Yeah, indeed. Any thoughts on this film? Um, yeah, two, two things real quick. Um, one is, you know, on the sleeper hold, and I was in Mid-South, and in most places, after the sleeper hold had been applied, 
there was no slapping on the back to wake somebody up mm. like you saw in many other territories. And as a matter of fact, if a heel puts the sleeper hold on somebody and just left them laying there, there is quite a bit of turmoil and upset as people are trying to get that wrestler to go slap him on the back to wake him up. Well, why didn't the referee know how to do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, uh, only the manager couldn't do it. The wrestlers couldn't do it. So I never really understood the, the slapping on the back. Cause I would think once the hold was released that the blood flow would start again and you don't need to be kicked in the back. But yeah, um, the other point is uh, every time I see Bill Dundee now, I cannot forget what I read in Bill Watts's book when he brought him in to make him the booker. And to me, Bill Dundee, he was always mid card talent, ex- you know, there in mid South. No, mm. obviously not, obviously not Memphis, but Bill Watts brought him in as the booker in 1985 money or 86 money at $3,000 a week. Wow. That is $3,000 a week. And I put that in the uh, in inflation calculator in today's money. That is more than $7,000 a week. Wow. That's good. That's good work. If you can get it, isn't it? Crikey. I do. I would do it for half that much. I'm just do, telling. Do you know what I would as well? Yeah, I'd even. I'd even. Uh, I'd even deal with Vincent Mann shouting me every day for that money. So crikey, yeah, right. that's, uh, that's quite incredible. And uh, next up, Terry Taylor versus Ed Card Boo Thomas. Now we talked about Ed Card briefly last week. Um, so well, I know you've been doing some digging on on the line about this. So obviously, Ed Card's the um, you know tough man contest winner and you know a, a strong athletic background. So, so tell me more about this uh, this gentleman. Okay, so. Um, obviously he comes out wearing his OU attire because he also wrestled for OU like Dr. Death. Mm. Um, but most of us knew Dr. Death from his football days and, uh, Ed Carr did not, not play football. We really didn't know him from that. He, uh, back before there was any MMA, before there's any cage fights, um, in Oklahoma, especially we we're having quite a number of what we called tough man contests. Tough man contest would be basically a boxing ring, a couple of guys uh, with big old boxing gloves, and just almost no rules. Just wow. it actually got it actually got outlawed in Oklahoma, but they would absolutely just. There might be some knees and some kicking, but it was it was certainly ninety percent just wailing the fist. Mm. And I was at a show once, and it kind of be brackets too and you'd have like several fights tonight but i was at one where boo thomas won oh really so would that have been this yeah. year do you think or the year maybe year before uh probably just before that before. Uh, yeah. i think i think the tough guy match probably would have been before that and then um that was probably part of the appeal for watch for getting him on the show because it'd be somebody that won a legitimate athletic contest um so yeah, it's even more interesting that it doesn't get pushed, isn't it? I, I, that's the thing I don't understand with this, you know, this uh, this person that clearly has a you know legit background. I thought they'd be right. What's his street? But perhaps he's just not making the the advancements in ring that you know what's would have expected of him, perhaps. Yeah, you got to be able to work good. Maybe they didn't didn't see it yet. Or... Yeah, yeah. So, so Terry was out here with a lovely white jacket on, uh, ring jacket with black stars on it, and he was wearing that epic. North American title belt, which looked, I thought looked particularly fantastic on on him. I, I, I suspect you appreciated this, Terry. I know that you sort of previously talked about your man crush on Mr. Taylor. 
Um, and I suspect, yeah, I mean, quite it's not too many, too many people could pull, pull this big belt off better than him, really, was there? No, my man crushes it with DiBiase. Come on, oh, Steven. Right. Come on, I can't believe yes, I'm just, absolutely. I can't believe I'm so I've angered you by getting that wrong. And also, Terry Taylor took the title from Divius, didn't he? So I, I've just, my, do you know what? That's the second slap on the wrist tonight for bad podcasting. And actually add one in for internet failure because that was my fault as well. So, oh, I can't believe I've done that. So I'll take that all back. But yeah, he did, he did look good in this. And what said that he feels 1965 is going to be the biggest year of Taylor's life. He's won the TV title. He's won the North American title. And now he's on a quest for Ric Flair's NWA world title. And he's going to start using Ric, Flair, Ric Flair's figure four leg lock because he wants to attack Flair's strength. And what's talks about Diviossi being back and put over the North American title being the most prestigious in all of wrestling say, I thought that was really interesting. I've not heard what say that about their top title. So he's basically what, saying what, that means more I, than anything I else. The, I missed that. What was it? Oh, sorry. What said that the North American title was the most prestigious in all of wrestling today? So he's just been talking yeah. about the NWA world title and then he puts his, right. his own belt over even more. So right. I thought that was really, really interesting. Um, the crowd were into Taylor here, particularly on his comeback after a short Ed Carr rally. Um, Taylor hit the flying forearm and then followed up with a figure four, which Ed Carr sold massively. Um, he eventually submitted in just under three and a half minutes. I really like this. And um, what did you think of this match, Terry, with uh, Ed Carr and uh, Terry Taylor? Yeah, I, I don't remember Ed Carr uh, a whole lot, uh, and and uh, you know it, it was kind of a refresher. But but uh, t Taylor is solid, and uh, they you know and you know me and my dates. Uh, I, I'm I'm not very good. I, I I again I admit to being the uh, enhancement guy to uh, to our team. Uh, but uh, th there's a great shoot interview with Terry Taylor, and he talks about meeting Ric Flair in the Superdome. Oh, so hopefully, yeah. hopefully this is coming up uh, in, in our series, but I'll tag you guys with that. So it's a pretty good behind the scenes uh, talk about Taylor meeting uh, Ric Flair. But 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 that's obviously that's where that, this is heading. And, and, and yeah. Taylor, Taylor's good. I think Ric Flair is going to make an appearance before too long, actually. Um, what did you make of this Ed Carr versus Terry Taylor match, Phil? It was a good match. Um, huge push for Taylor with what Watts is saying this could be the biggest year of his life. Well, that's absolutely up to Watts or not, you know, whether yeah. let him, well, you know, uh, he, 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 he's got that control in his hands. We know now that uh, whoever he pushes, he's going to push. So Taylor is getting such a huge push. Do you think they're still trying to uh, replace the loss of Magnum TA? I, th I think I would say so. Yeah. I, I, th yeah. I think they want this, um, because interesting, Doug, I, I, I know Duggan, uh, was, had Duggan been um, North American champion by this point or was that later? Do you know? Can I'm I not remember? Sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, because it's a little bit strange that Duggan, I mean, I think Duggan, Duggan and Reed, Reed's not in it at the moment, but they're the kind of most pushed guys, aren't they, I would say. But even more so than Taylor, I think. But then Taylor's got the, um, you know, got the got the title. So it is, it is slightly strange that that is the, that is the way they do it. But yeah, I, 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 I'm very much of the belief that that's the, you know, that's thing. And actually, as for Flair, so Flair and um, Flair and Taylor fight in the Superdome in June of 85, and he's going to be on Mid-South TV before the end of May. So that's something to look forward to. Um, he's got a couple, he's got, I think he's got three, uh, four television appearances, um, actually, maybe five, actually, during 85. So he, he is going to be around, but he's not popped up. They've, they've talked about him. 
think there might have even been a, a pre-tape maybe of him, but but he's going to be he's going to be around. And um, now last up is a video package on Ted DiBiase that Joel have prepared, set to jo- Joan Jets. I've written Joel Jets. That's not Joel Jets. Joan Jets. Bad reputation. Um, and a version of this I'd, I'd actually seen before, and I believe this was a straight copy. So I didn't sp- spot any newer footage in there. Um, and this was essentially DiBiase just looking good, hitting moves and people using the loaded glove and locking in the figure four. And um, Terry, can you remember if you've seen this one before? With the, I thought the music really fit him. I can't remember we were on when we last reviewed this. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good package and and, uh, yeah. and and some good old Joan Jet and yeah, uh, yeah. A, a sidebar within the last two years, I saw Joan Jett in concert. So Did she's still really? uh, yeah. yeah, and she's still wearing the tight the t- black tight pants and everything else. Yeah. She's still getting after it. Yeah. Good she stuff. played Good um stuff. she played one the last WrestleMania I went to at MetLife was uh uh I think she played Ronda Rousey out about ten past midnight on that main event. Finally yes. went on after the longest rest I was in that stadium from I think ten past six until twelve forty AM or something ridiculous. Um, yeah, that was great. I thought that really fit Ronda Rousey really well. And uh, Phil, what did you think of this uh, Ted DiBiase video package to close the close the episode, basically? Good package. Showing him against a lot of different uh, wrestlers. Showing him with his uh, figure four uh, leg lock finisher. Um, showing him loading his glove, of course. So they're letting you know DiBiase is about to come back in full force. Yeah, absolutely. And what's even talked about some of the WWF scalps that DiBiase had had, including Andre the Giant as well. So he couldn't let the episode uh, end without another little dig there, which, uh, again, it's just, I can't recommend, um, you know, if you don't watch anything else of Mid-South, hunt out that that uh, that What's promo about WrestleMania 1 from two weeks ago and have a look and, and a listen to what he said this week. And I suspect there's yep. going to be more yep. because this is... Yeah, this is about as compelling as wrestling television as, as it gets. Uh, and that's it. The April 27th, 1965 episode is in the books. I thought this was certainly an improvement on last week. And Watts' continued rants and attacks on the WF are really like, as I said, watching important history play out in front of you. Um, Terry, what are your final thoughts on this episode? Good, good stuff. Uh, you know, I agree with everything you said there. You, you did get my, my wheel spinning a little bit uh, talking about that North American title. Yeah. It, it, is, it is almost like Duggan, even though he's the top star right now, he's focused on Skandar Akbar and his, his guys and not really worried about a title. And then you got Magnum and Terry Taylor and, and kind of the pretty boys fighting the heels for, for the title. You know, it's, it's almost like uh, Duggan's role is is the enforcer and, and not so much the title chaser. It's kind of, kind of intriguing to think about. Yeah, it is strange, isn't it? I'm just, I was just looking back to see, and I, I don't believe, I, you know, he doesn't, doesn't look like he had a run as a heel as, uh, as the North American champion. Um, so, I mean, looking forward, I can't see. Okay, so... so Close your ears, you don't want any spoilers, but it appears that he, he has it right towards the end, but not not apart from that. So that is that's an interesting use of one of their, you know, one of their top top guys there. And um, Phil, what are your what are your sort of closing thoughts on this um April 27th, 85 episode? Uh just just two or three quick thoughts here. Um Terry, you're you're much higher up the card than enhancement talent. You're selling yourself <laughs> short. Um <laughs> It's been a while since we had seen a defense of the uh, television title, right? Is, yes. Is, yeah. is, it, is this where it's oh, just sorry. kind of disappears now? 
Sorry, uh, Phil. The te- so the TV title is vacant because Terry Taylor became North American champion. So that that right. tournament is for that. Right. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, senior moment. Um, and then um, you mentioned earlier that Tom Pritchard had grown a beard out to enhance his heel look. Yes. Yeah. And, and I'm going to say, of the three of us that. Uh, <laughs> that are on this podcast and many others there's only one of us that have that heel look <laughs> and that would be your founder of, it's me yeah uh, mid-south moments and host Stephen gutteridge i'll tell you why i've owner. got a beard phil i'll tell you a very quick story i moved into a flat uh in crikey when was it august 2012 with a very good friend of mine um and the, in the bathroom, so so in London, we haven't got very much space to start off with. So this is a, so a decent right. apartment, but small. No window in the bathroom. And he would go into, usually go into work a little bit earlier than me. And it and actually didn't even make any difference. If I showered, you weren't shaving in there because it was steamed up to, to your eyeballs. And there's nothing. I yeah. tried shaving foam on it. I tried YouTube videos. Right. I tried everything. And then I tried, I'm going to grow a beard so I don't have to shave every right. anymore. Because right. my old employer... You were you either were allowed a beard or you were, you obviously be allowed to be clean shaven, but you weren't allowed stubble. So you had to do you had to you had to commit to the beard. Basically. Couldn't have so, that three day look all the exactly. time. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And okay. once once I was about twenty four, like up to about twenty four twenty five, which is a long time ago now, I could get away with shaving the night before. But yeah, since then I was like, right. I can't, I can't, couldn't do that. So alas. The bit I have shaved it off a couple of times during lockdown though the last year. So just out of boredom, what else you got to do basically? Just, just shave it off the boredom. You might be interested to know after years and years of searching for the perfect fogless mirror to shave in the shower, I finally oh, yeah. found one. Have you really? Found one yeah. that it actually works. Yeah. What it is, is you got the mirror and there's a, the back side of it is a full cavity. You can fill the back of it with hot water. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. And it, it never fogs. So it keeps up. it warm, warm enough. So it doesn't fog up, I suppose. Isn't yep. it? Yeah. 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 How interesting. <laughs> Well, wow, that's it. That's it. Oh, man, have a look at that. Actually, that's, that's a really interesting tangent to the show there. And um, Terry, right. any final thoughts on this episode before we uh, head on out of here? Well, just for the people who are listening, I mean, can you beat this podcast? Not only do you get tips <laughs> on, uh, you know, wrestling, <laughs> but 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 hell, now you, you it's like the Mister Wizard science class. Hell. <laughs> I didn't realize you needed hot water behind the mirror to keep it from fogging up. You know, there so you I mean, you you get it all here, man. If, maybe if we maybe we find the brand name. I, I'm sure Cornette's getting paid to push that manscaping <laughs> razor that he has on, that he always advertises. Uh, maybe we can get this a little bit more commercial yeah, than Mr. Merchandise. Need, yeah. We need, we need some commercial consideration on this podcast because I, I, I don't think I've quite got enough listeners to go full time just yet. So, uh, sadly, <laughs> there we go. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure as always. So thank you so much for your time. I'll tweet out your, your details on Twitter and I massively appreciate you spending some time on a Sunday chatting, chatting pro wrestling. Any, any final thoughts will we get out of it, Phil? I'm impressed with us that we were able to get in two episodes in under three and a half hours. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, went, did, we, we went very late we, last time, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Good job, guys. Terry, any final thoughts? Now, it's always fun. Uh, it, it's it's always fun to uh, to talk to you guys. Love following you all on Twitter. Uh, you know, I again, I, I do feel like the enhancement talent because no, my memory is so foggy. 
uh, but but I appreciate you guys <laughs> letting me hang with you for a couple hours. No, it's always a pleasure. I look forward to doing it again in the yeah, month or so's time. So thank you very much, gentlemen, and thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all again very soon. Hello, everybody. I am Ricky Morton of the Rock and Roll Express. And if you would like to purchase some merchandise from World's Number One Mid-South Wrestling Podcast, check it out. All the products. That's on redbubble.com. People, Mid-South Moments. They have everything from T-shirts, phone cases, mugs. Remember now, redbubble.com. People, Mid-South Moments. Thanks very much, Ricky. And that link again is redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash mid-south moments.